Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up to heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Greg Hemmings. Dave Vale. Always fun spending time with you. Um... What is new in your life? Well, I just got back from, I, I was telling you last week, I got back from New York from the Social Venture Network conference and it was stellar. I, I, I think for me, Dave, kind of like in this podcast, how we meet so many interesting people. I think I've got a little bit of an addiction to that, you know, mm. meeting other people who are doing incredible things in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, things that are really radical. Uh, but it, there's... I've been able to do that so much at conferences and, you know, here on the Bowling Point as well, that I'm starting to realize I'm building, you and I both, we're building a bubble where I think everybody's radical and doing incredible things. But I have to realize that that's not the case, but we're really blessed to be able to be connected to some real interesting people. And uh, and today's guest is definitely one of those people. Yeah, 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 100%. We were just, I was just going through his bio and going, my goodness. So uh, we have Dr. Gavin Armstrong on. How are you, my friend? I'm great, thanks. And you are in Toronto right now and uh, founder and president of Lucky Ironfish Enterprise. Tell us a little bit about you. Um, we, we tend to, on this podcast, get people to introduce themselves because we, we don't do a great job. Of we it. usually brutalize yeah, it. Yeah, so. so we'd rather <laughs> the guests say, here's who I am. So so um, why don't we just give it, hand it to you to, to introduce yourself and, and tie in uh, Lucky Ironfish Enterprise as best you can. Sure. Uh, so I'm Gavin, uh, living in Toronto, Ontario. I um, started doing my, my PhD at the University of Guelph, uh, which is just outside of Toronto, looking at commercializing health innovation to combat iron deficiency. Um, prior to that, I was actually uh, working in some businesses in Toronto, but also volunteering in the Dadaab refugee camp in Kenya, which at the time was the world's largest refugee camp. And at my time there, I became really frustrated with the lack of sustainability in some of our approaches to solving really complex cho- uh, challenges. So I came back to Canada, uh, went to the University of Guelph, and through that program, developed and commercialized the product Lucky Iron Fish. The focus on iron deficiency around the world, where, you know, how, what, what you, so I'm you, you probably saw a lot of things that were frustrating you, but. What what is it about iron deficiency in particular that you know garnered interest from you and and a focus for you? So during my time at university and undergrad and graduate studies, I was really focused on hunger and, and global hunger, which is still a massive issue. It, you know, Seven hundred million people uh, can go to bed hungry, wow. but when you look at something that's much more severe, it's hidden hunger and malnutrition. Uh, when you look at the largest uh, contributor to that, iron deficiency negatively impacts two billion people. So one-third of the world's population is iron deficient. So I think it's really important when we're talking about health and nutrition, it's not only important to get um, food on, in people's plates and in their stomachs, but also healthy, nutritious meals. And, what, like, and so what causes iron deficiency for, for us neophytes? So iron deficiency, quite simply, is a lack of iron in the diet. Uh, so iron is uh, the most critical nutrient that your body needs. It creates red blood cells and carries oxygen around your body. Without iron, you won't have oxygen uh, flowing through you. 
signs and symptoms of iron deficiency can range between dizziness, fatigue, pale skin, brittle nails, your hair falling out, but it can be much more serious. It can make you susceptible to uh, more diseases. It can cause fainting, bleeding, um, mortality in children and during childbirth. And, and ultimately, it actually it can lead to death in any population. And uh, Gavin, what, what is the the actual product? Like, what, what are you bringing to market here that uh, has, has got the attention of uh, the Forbes 30 Under 30, the Muhammad Ali Humanitarian Award for you, uh, and so many others, including EY, uh, Entrepreneur of the, of, of the Year? You've built something that the market needs. What, what, let, let's dive into that a little bit. Yeah, the current solution for iron deficiency uh, is iron supplements. And iron supplements are these um, pills that they're, they can be very expensive. They can have some uh, pretty serious side effects, which makes people not want to take them. So what, in one of my studies I was, I was looking at, uh, 30% of people uh, who were given an iron supplement took one, meaning if 100 people were given one for free, only 30 would, would actually use it. The rest would be thrown away, which wasn't a good use of, of money for that scenario. Um, so I developed uh, with uh, someone named Chris Charles a simple solution to combat that complex problem, and that is the Lucky Iron Fish. It's a cooking tool that, when boiled for 10 minutes in slightly acidified liquid, will fortify that meal with natural and healthy iron. It doesn't change the taste, color, or smell of the liquid it's cooked in, and it can be reused by an entire family for five years. So this is like, like this is a, a little fish made out of iron that you drop in, essentially. <laughs> yeah, so the, the project the project started with an iron disc, and though that was found to be scientifically effective, women in Cambodia didn't want to cook with it. Um, they said that looks like a piece of garbage. I'm not going to throw trash in my food. Completely reasonable thought because it did look like scrap metal. Uh, so in, in taking that away and doing some research, it was discovered that the symbol of a fish is a symbol of luck in Cambodia. So by shaping the disc like a fish, women wanted to cook with it because they thought it would make them lucky. And when they felt healthier and they weren't fainting anymore or having these headaches, they could say, wow, that fish really is lucky. It's making my family healthier. And that's where the name Lucky Iron Fish came from. Wow. And, and how come uh, Cambodia like, uh, as, as, your, as your first target market? Yeah, so we uh, started in Cambodia because of some research that was done previously around iron deficiency. Uh, it was uh, believed to have very high rates of iron deficiency in the population, um, but also not. there was also anemia that wasn't from iron deficiency. There was also uh, hemoglobin disorders like thalassemia in the population. So in doing clinical testing, it was a population that was diverse enough that we could get some really positive data. Um, but since doing our work in Cambodia, we have expanded outside. Uh, we've got clinical trials that have been done in over six countries, but we actually sell the Lucky Iron Fish in 66 countries around the world. Isn't that interesting? Now, j just talking about the physics and the, the science of the fish, or of dropping any uh, you know, any elements into your food as you're cooking, what's happening? You say this can be used for five years. What is actually happening to the fish, like uh, and to the iron? How does it uh, deposit? You know, let, let, let's just walk through the basic science of this. So the lucky iron fish is made from a specially formulated type of iron. It's called electrolytic iron, and this is an iron that the body can absorb. It's a tiny particle size. 
And so when the unit is boiled and at boiling temperatures in liquid with some form of acidity, the iron is literally coming off the surface of the unit and then being absorbed into the liquid. Um, and that's what's releasing. It's the safe amount of iron. The surface area dictates how much comes off. It also prevents the change in taste, color, or smell of the liquid uh, that's being used. And that's why that unit's reusable. You can take it out and put it in your pot every day for five years. And it, it, would this be a, a similar process to, let's say, rust as an example? Uh, you, you know, uh, over time, you know, micro uh, pieces of it are coming off, obviously. Uh, and of course, that's where the acid has to come to play. Is that is that a little bit of it? And I'm not I'm not coming from any science background at all. So, you're <laughs> but, but so the the acid not only helps the iron be released off the surface, but it does help your stomach absorb iron. Um, it's really you want to make sure that you are getting that iron. It's not just passing through you. And so um, that's where the, the acidity can help. In terms of rust, I mean, like anything, if you don't take care of it, uh, it can it can rust if you leave it wet on your counter overnight. But we've actually designed the surface area to be really easy to clean. And so if it does get rusty, if you just forgot about it, soap and water or even a pot scrubber for a couple of minutes under the tap will completely remove the rust and it'll be good as new. Oh, this is incredible. How, how do you, like, so how do people, how did you socialize it? Like, how did how did you get into the hands of people? I'm just kind of curious about the, um, you know, the process of, of, of having, you know, some of these people. And you, I think you mentioned, did you say 66 countries? Um, yeah. yeah, like tell us a little bit about, you know, how, how you've educated folks and, and uh, encourage them to use it. So our, our biggest failure as an organization ended up becoming our biggest success. When uh, I was living in Cambodia, trying to figure out a door-to-door distribution model, I was really I was overly confident in the products. I thought the value proposition made sense and that iron pills were expensive. And so it'd be really easy for this product to be taken up by the communities. So invested a lot of money in hiring staff and doing a whole traveling roadshow. We had a jingle and we had a mascot and uniform. Um, but as we were going door to door, no one was buying the product. They all loved it, but they either wanted it for free uh, or they, they wanted to spend some time talking to us and understanding our role in the community. And because we were essentially traveling through these villages, we didn't have the ability to do that. So on one hand, we were completely failing, not understanding the market and not selling the Lucky Iron Fish to the level we needed to. But on the other side, I was lucky enough to go around the world and speak about the story at conferences. And every time I would finish the conference, people would come up to me and say, well, I have iron deficiency. Can I buy this for myself? Uh, I would love to use this. I don't like taking iron supplement pills. And so with that, I developed the buy one, give one model. And so if you bought one for yourself anywhere in North America or Europe, you get one. But then we commit to donate one for free into a community or health clinic like in Cambodia. And doing that model has helped us scale up our impact, uh, expand into these communities. But we're also selling them to people here at home who also have the same problem. Isn't that something? Now, uh, for for somebody who has a well-balance with iron, could this be of health benefit as well to just increase the iron intake? So some additional benefits of the Lucky Iron Fish is that it releases a safe and consistent amount of iron. And so if you are not iron deficient, you can use it to prevent iron deficiency. Currently, I'm not iron deficient, but I still use it. It's about the equivalent amount of iron as a chicken breast. And so you're getting that, um, that just extra boost of iron. Your body is good at absorbing iron. It will just 
get rid of iron that it doesn't want. But if you are iron deficient, it's going to help build up that store. And so it's not only a treatment, it's a preventative solution for, for helping iron deficiency. So I'm guessing right at this moment, probably some listeners will be thinking what I'm thinking. Okay, how do I, how do I get one of these, right? So yeah, we, where, we where, usually ask <laughs> that at the end, but I, I want to know now. Yeah, let's, let's <laughs> like, where, where do people, so how do people order it? So the easiest way of ordering a Lucky Iron Fish is our website, luckyironfish.com. And they make phenomenal gifts. We have gift sets that we're now uh, selling. Every sale we do as a company anywhere in the world where we're selling online or in retail locations, yeah. they're always a buy one, give one. Right. To date, we have sold over 170,000 units, meaning the impact that's from that has been truly magnified, which uh, is phenomenal. What's, when, what's, the, what's the price point? Uh, so we're selling them for uh, roughly $30, uh, depending on your shipping charge, which is actually what some people spend per month on pills. So when you think about the five-year investment, it's a fraction of the cost. Yeah, it's pretty. It's That's pretty incredible. Yeah. So now you were um, you, and I was just thinking about as you're telling us this. You know, thinking about uh, how the, there's a lot of value, and and you went in front of. Um, I read here uh, the dragons, uh, CBC Dragons Den, and pitched. Was it was it were you pitching Lucky Iron Fish Enterprises or uh, to get and you garnered some support? Is that what I understand? Yeah, so I went on, I was uh, lucky enough to go on this season, season 13 of Dragon's Den, and pitched uh, Lucky Iron Fish Enterprise. And it was, it was, sounds like it was, so it was quite successful. Well, I had a really good experience. I don't want to ruin it for people who haven't seen it. I would suggest uh, watching it from the <laughs> CBC website. Yeah. Um, tell, tell people about the experience, like for someone that's maybe not familiar with it. What was it, what was it like? I mean, it's always uh, nerve wracking as an entrepreneur going in front of people and, and, you know, especially on television. Defending your you product. Know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> feeling like you're defending it almost. Well, t- and we've, we've had some other guests that have been on. Um, and actually, our podcast was listed as uh, one of the must-listen-to podcasts from the Dragon's Den. So we're, we're very Ooh. familiar with the show. What was that? What was it like? Well, for me, I was already running a Series A uh, capital raise at the time. And so I had been going around the circuit for a few months, pitching Lucky Aaron Fisher and raising capital. Um, and so what I, one of the things I was really impressed with is when you're on the show, when you're in front of the dragons, it's just like pitching to any other group of investors. They're not looking to get you. They're not looking to get some sort of TV moment. They're really interested in your pitch and the answers that you have. Um, the questions I, I got were, I think, really good and thorough questions, thinking about our strategy and our plans. Um, so it's really important that you know your stuff, that you know your numbers. But it really was similar to all the other uh, rounds I had done, I guess, with the addition of cameras being there, uh, which adds a bit of stress. Um, <laughs> going on to the show, having already raised some money, I think was helpful because I already had a group of investors who believed in the company and our, uh, our valuation. Right. Um, but I honestly, it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It was a highlight of my life so far, uh, and I'm, I have a lot of good memories from it. Good for you. Well, you, you're, you're getting a lot of recognition out there. You know, Greg uh, listed, there's like a laundry list of different things that, you know, in the awards and, and the recognition that, that you or Ironfish has been recognized. Like, what, what is there one in particular that is a highlight for you? I remember uh, receiving the Forbes 30 Under 30. It was actually on my birthday, on my 30th birthday. So I just made it uh, <laughs> under the cut. Um, and I woke up to a, a call. Uh, I was traveling uh, with some friends. And so, um, I mean, the memory of that, and I've, that's something I never had dreamed about um, even being considered for kind of growing up and being in business school. Um, so to reach that business milestone and to receive that accolade, was, it, was, it really was special and it, it does stand out. 
Um, but ultimately, any platform where we can tell the story of Lucky Iron Fish and get more awareness out there for what we're doing, not only for improving the health of people around the world, but I'm a strong believer in social business and that social businesses are the future. And so if we can get awards to show traditional companies that you know we're here and we're serious, um, I think that's a big win for us. That's great. It, well, and you know, maybe I'd like to speak to you as an entrepreneur now. You know, what are what are lessons that you've learned over the last few years that you would share with other aspiring entrepreneurs or or full fledged entrepreneurs? You know, in terms of, um, you know, you've you've, re- you've had some great success. I'm sure you've got other you know incredible goals uh, ahead of you. But what are what are some of the lessons learned so far? As a social enterprise, it was really important for me to have impact in everything we did wasn't just our product, it was how we got that product out there. And when you're starting out and you're small, it's really easy to be idealistic and to you know, implement all of you, these ideas you have. But as you scale, the cost becomes much more relevant. You have to um, maintain you know, certain margins that investors want to see. And so I think it's important to define the impact that's most important for you. And that's your core belief that nothing's going to change that within the company and then just be flexible for other aspects of, of impact so for us we had to, we tried to make the fish in every country that we were in uh, wanting local production but the cost of safety and, and uh, quality control testing was just something we couldn't do and so we had to move that and then produce all the units in a factory but I wanted to make sure that factory had a good environmental record and had good um, employee engagement and safety. So it still met a variety of, of impact standards we had, but I had to be flexible on that. I think another important thing to consider as you're growing is the team that you surround yourself with. Uh, your team is what's going to make uh, the company successful. You cannot do it alone. And as you grow, it's really important to consider how you're growing, how that's going to impact your current team, and just making sure that you're fully communicating your vision to everybody. Because when you start growing, you grow quite quickly, and it's very easy for things to be misunderstood or slip through the cracks. The other thing that I was thinking that I heard in your story that I, I think is quite compelling is, you know, the ability for you and your team to get feedback and adjust um, to, you know, to, to get the product and, and people using the product. But, you know, like, you know, it doesn't really matter what we think about our service or product. Really matters what that customer thinks, and are we willing to listen and adjust? And it sounds like you you learn you know early on uh, we're very open to to going okay what's what's the roadblock in terms of you know women in this country using it as when they're cooking as an example. Yeah, exactly. I mean, from the very origin of our product and the the shape of the product is from talking to uh, customers and not going in with our own preconceived ideas. That's hard to do. <laughs> it's good for you. It's hard to admit you're wrong, and it's hard to, yeah. give, uh, to, to do that. But I think it's a, a very important uh, quality of a leader. Well, and it, it, absolutely. And, you know, and, and what's interesting is, you know, that feedback, you know, you've, you've created a whole brand around it based on that feedback, right? That people don't want to put a piece of metal in, a, in the pot necessarily. Right. Yeah, and we've embedded that into our culture as a company. We're always looking to do things better better for ourselves, better for the customer, and better for the planet. Um, Gavin, I've got a question. Um, you know, we're, we're a B Corp, and, uh, you know, it's just ingrained in our DNA to be, you know, thinking in these sort of terms way that you're speaking. We're not a social enterprise. However, there's a real deep heart for doing good by doing business well. Where does your passion come from for, you know, really using capitalism as a force for good through this business? Yeah, and I think, I mean, that's one of the debates that's ongoing is how do you define a social enterprise and social entrepreneur? 
and I, I don't, I don't really follow the standard rhetoric. I think any company has the ability to be a social enterprise and to, to do good because your business model has so much power. And so I prefer to call myself an impact entrepreneur, not a social entrepreneur, nice. uh, because I just believe in impact. I mean, Ben and Jerry's is ice cream, but they're doing ice cream in a responsible way. Um, your podcast is highlighting people who are making change around the world, which is going to have a ripple effect. So I believe, I don't want that to discourage other organizations from shying away from the B Corp movement because they feel the product doesn't perfectly align with this sort of definition. Mm. No, I, I, thanks for saying that. It's uh, it's interesting because even the, the concept of social enterprise is a relatively new one to me because <clears throat> I, I really come from the world of just building good business. And um, it almost feels like there's a third sector that has been claiming this this space which would be somewhere in between the not-for-profit work and the the traditional business um which i did not fit in into so i i really like that you, that you put it that way if we're business owners that are making impact let's just call it what it is <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. so yeah, exactly. how about for you where, where, where did this come from uh in your in your world so actually, I went to university wanting to be a banker, uh, and the story is, is not a positive one. You know, in high school and elementary school, it was really bullied and uh, pushed into a very negative space. And for some reason, I thought, well, if I went to university and made a lot of money, I could prove the bullies wrong, and I would show myself that I have value. When I was in school, though, doing these banking courses, I was miserable. I hated it, and uh, I couldn't figure out why. And then I took a trip to Botswana, and it was my first time really seeing the need that's out there and outside of my comfort zone. And I realized the reason why I was miserable is I was on this selfish trajectory to prove someone wrong who I probably was never going to see again. Uh, And that's when I shifted my focus into hunger issues, uh, not-for-profit. And though the work that these organizations are doing are incredible, I I was really frustrated with that lack of sustainability. And so I bridged my two interests, the business world and background I had, and then wanting to make sustainable change in the world. And that's where sort of this path was created. That's a phenomenal story, man. It's like, uh, because I try to take my motivations back to when I was a kid as well. And it's... uh, it's really neat for entrepreneurs to do that as a practice to say, why do we believe and why do we operate the way we do? You know, uh, thanks for sharing that. I'm, I'm sure many people listening can can relate to that story. And the funny thing is, <laughs> or the interesting thing is, is like, you're right. Uh, the people that you were trying to prove yourself to, you probably won't connect with anyway, uh, nor do they matter to that impact now that you've come through and have really made you know, made the ripples in the world that you've made. Like, that doesn't even matter anymore. How, what a beautiful bit of justice that is, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm focusing on the future and not trying to dwell on the past. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, speaking of the future, what what is next? What, what are we going to see as, uh, uh, here's another word that I don't love because uh, I hear it far too much, but the, the scale world, where, where <laughs> it feels like you're already, like you're selling many, many products already, but what's, what's next? Is there going to be... The, the, the typical uh, box store approach where everybody uh, is going to be able to grab or are you going to stay in interesting niches? What's uh, what's next for, for Lucky Ironfish? So our target is to help improve the lives of 1 million people by 2020. And we've come a long way, but we still have a long way to go to achieve that goal. We need to expand the availability of the Lucky Ironfish uh, in online, um, our online presence, definitely in more traditional retail stores in, in North America and Europe. But the area I'm really committed to increasing is uh, bulk 
bulk sales and partnering with organizations like governments, nonprofit organizations who are currently engaging in a variety of strategies to reduce iron deficiency. And I think that the Lucky Iron Fish would be an affordable solution that they could implement into pre-existing strategies. So engaging with those types of organizations is priority for me. Uh, the other is I, iron deficiency is underdiagnosed in North America. That's sort of the consensus of a variety of experts. And so I believe we're at a good position to expand into some sort of role in diagnostics, try and provide simple point of care diagnostic tools available so a consumer can actually know what is my iron status and do I need to be addressing this and adding more iron into my diet. I didn't realize it was such a big problem. To be honest, I had no no idea, and that that would exist kind of all around us. We, and you know, we, we're actually kind of a tail end here. Um, people know how to how, if someone wants to reach out to you and and learn more about you and your story. Um, is there another way to do that, or would you just direct them to the site? What would be the best way for them to do that? Yeah, our information is on uh, the website at luckyironfish.com. My email is simple: it's Gavin G A V I N at luckyironfish.com. Um, but all of our information is, is really easily found. When when people buy um, a unit, right, one goes, how do you distribute the, the free one or the, 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 the second one? So we have a, a position in the company called our Impact and Partnerships Manager. Yeah. And her role is really to do outreach and to find organizations that have the capacity to distribute these to people in need. We don't want to just kind of parachute into a community, drop these off and leave. We want to actually make sure they're going to people who need them and that they're having an impact. Um, So we have a network of partners. We're always growing that network. We always need new members to help distribute. We uh, provide impact assessment tools. We do training to make sure they're being used properly and that we can collect data to let our customers know, here's the impact you had in this given country. Wow, cool. Uh, I figured there was a well-laid-out strategy around that, so that's why I wanted to ask. I'm not, that doesn't surprise me at all. So I'm guessing that if someone's listening to this who wants to be a partner, they should reach out to you as well because you're, you know, you're looking for partners as well. Yeah, we, we always are. Awesome. And definitely, definitely we'll take anyone uh, who wants to reach out. Okay, cool. Well, hey, um, thank you for sharing yeah, your story, thanks, Gavin. Gavin. It's like a very cool story and, and really appreciate how – you know, just authentic you are, and you know, even just the description of kind of what motivated you to get into, or what brought you to here, and 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 the best part of it, the story for me personally, is a statement you made about, um, you know, I want to look forward, I don't want to look backwards anymore. So Amen. well done, man. Well, I mean, thank you so much for having me, Gavin. You get back to that insanely schedule, uh, busy schedule that you've got <laughs> right now, and <laughs> it was a real pleasure chatting, man. It's uh, it's it's awesome, and I know exactly. What I'm going to be buying for uh, some stocking stuffers. Yeah, there's great stocking stuffers. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. I, th- I think even if you're listening to this podcast in the middle of summer, get it for next Christmas. Just just get yeah. yourself a lucky <laughs> iron fish. <laughs> All right, Gavin. Great, great gift. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. Thanks, Gavin. Uh, take care. All right. Thank you very much. Hey. Right, bye-bye. Bye. What I what I love about what, where my head is going right, right now is just like uh, you know I've got a film company that was built out of my passion, right? You've got a coaching company that was built out of your, of your passion, but I've never exercised my brain about thinking about building a company or a product over sol- solving such an important issue. Mm, mm-hmm. And that's okay. It's mm-hmm. not. That's. I, I just think it's, it's almost a like a, it's almost like a new breed, though. You know what I mean? <clears throat> like you were describing that third, that third bucket of 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 uh, social entrepreneurs. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like exactly. to, to to you know to be you know he's talking about doing a, you know a series A. 
and uh and, and and as i'm listening to them you know so which is you know when you talk to the our friends that are in the tech world and you know getting investment for whatever endeavor you know he, he's got all that language um and then he's talking about stuff where i would typically you know think i'm talking to someone who's running a, a non-profit you know organization you know in in the, the horn of africa or something right, like that right, 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 right. And, and but he's the same you know so it's, it's such a neat intersection isn't it oh my gosh yeah and it's it's very exciting too again in this in the social venture world and b corp world there's a lot of this activity going on and it, it's really inspiring for me you know you, you know and you said something at the start of the uh, you know so so first off i mean um he's an inspiring guy he's a very bright guy thank god he's committed to doing good in the world you know what i mean and 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 you just and if you read his bio if you go on uh, folks as listeners here and and check out you'll be you'll be blown away by what this guy's doing. It's like it's so impressive. Like I, it's even hard to tell you where to start. But um, but he's clearly doing so. That's great. Um, but you know, and he's also he, there's a lot of humility there. I sense mm-hmm. too, and and probably a relatively young guy. You know, so I, I you know that's that's cool. That's neat to see him having success. Well, remember he got into the uh, thirty under thirty on his thirtieth birthday. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that, was that twenty years ago? Or? <laughs> Maybe two, um, <laughs> most likely two or three years ago. Um, and no, but I was going to bring another thing is that you you said um, uh, at the start, which you know is kind of interesting because you know, I think maybe we we're, we're we have uh, we're very fortunate to be surrounded by good people. You know, is that you you start to think that everyone thinks this way, and then yeah. sometimes you're surprised when you run across someone who doesn't or, or, or surprised when you when you meet someone and they're they're so impressed and excited that people are using this right. for yeah. for good and Even better. you're like oh geez, you haven't been paying attention to this yeah. movement yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's that has to happen and we're just in the, in the center of it so we well, you, see so you, much you of it. well you are and you've exposed me to it and our listeners to it um, and as a result you know some cool thing we've been participating in some cool things together um, you know, with United Way and, you know, and, and exciting things. And that's, that's, that's by being, you know, for me personally, that's by being exposed to this on dripping on a regular basis. <laughs> so I appreciate it, man. So is that, is that, is that the way I can, uh, I, uh, convert people? I say, Hey, let's do a five-year podcast. Yeah. And, uh, at the end, you know, it's your enthusiasm, <laughs> you know, well, and uh, like, and you, but I mean, geez, you can't have conversations with people like Gavin and others. Uh, that you've introduced me to in B Corp world and not be just totally inspired and think. And then, and then, and I, as I hope every listener right now is going, uh, like me, um, okay, well, what am I doing? You know, and like, I kind of like what, what Gavin's caused us to do. What are we trying to solve? You know, what, yeah. what could we do? Yeah. So it's a, it's, yeah, a neat, it's, a, it's a neat, it's a fun challenge to all of us yes. uh, to, to think about what can we do to specifically, to specifically make money on solving a very important problems. Let me ask you a question. What can listeners do to help support us. Dang. I, <laughs> hey, Dave, that's a real great question. Ah! Oh, yes. <laughs> Ding! So, well, there's a point. So what we got to do, I don't know if that's a point. That's the giveaway point. Anyway, um, I think what... <laughs> we can't tell people what, we what don't that's know. No Dave and I do have a contest between each Imagine other. Imagine that. We're, we're not going to explain what it is. Um, it's nothing perverse. Don't worry. Uh, if, if, if you like what we're doing, what we're bringing to the community... Uh, and the stories that we're sharing and the, the amazing intra- entrepreneurs that we're introducing you to. If you want to support our ongoing work, we'd really appreciate it because we've got this amazing team of pretty much volunteers who are making the Boiling Point podcast work. Um, so, yeah, we've got a, a Patreon page. You can just go to patreon.com, look up Boiling Point podcast, and we would appreciate your support. And if you are... And how does that work for people that aren't familiar with it? Uh, well, patreon.com is just a way that you can... 
uh, you can offer a dollar an episode if you want, um, or you can say, you know what, I've I've got a hundred bucks and I want to I want to support Bowling Point. It could be a one time uh, patronage. What I, it's a very flexible way of uh, giving to the arts and the podcasts and media uh, creators to help them continue doing what they're doing. And uh, Dave, you and I have run this as a nonprofit <laughs> uh, since the beginning, which has been great. Um, but it's uh, I mean, there's sustainability. We talked about sustainability here with um, with Gavin. It's really exciting to know that there's so many listeners that that do care about us continuing on. And uh, yeah, so explore that way. Also, if you're a corporate partner and are are digging the type of uh, audience that we're we're attracting, which is uh, entrepreneurs that really care for impact, uh, reach out. We love to, we'd love to chat with you and uh, and bring you in into the team. See you next week, man. BowlingPointPodcast.com. Sign up for the email newsletter. Oh, oh, <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> See you, Dave. See you again. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.